you can have the best rehab program in the world, the best guy, you know, whatever. But it doesn't matter if you see them three, four, five times a week. If you don't follow through on the rest of the other 160 odd hours of the week, mm-hmm. you're not going to get the result you're looking for. <laughs> One of the people I see a lot on uh, the forums are mothers who mm. are just so sad because <clears throat> they can't pick up their toddler. Oh. Have any tips for moms looking to pick up their kids? Yeah. So basically, I just had this literally two weeks ago. I had a mother breakdown. Welcome to this episode of Bed Back and Beyond. Today, I am joined by Bash Back Pain's Colin McGregor. Colin used his own expertise and determination to overcome a herniated disc in 2005. He is joining me today to talk about his experience, but also to share his program that he has created to help others overcome their back pain. If you are someone who is currently suffering with a herniated disc or in any kind of back pain and you are looking for hope, join this podcast family. My goal is to share positive stories of recovery from serious neck or back pain to provide hope to those of you who are currently in Palin, thank you so much for joining me on the Bed, Back, and Beyond podcast. Before we dive into your injury, I would love for you to tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. Sure, yeah. Well, thanks uh, for having me on. It's really nice. I'm really happy to, you know, be with somebody who's trying to help people suffering with back issues and to share some good stories. Um, yeah, I'm actually originally from Scotland, although my accent is long gone uh, because I've, I've lived abroad for a almost 20 years now. I lived for six years in the US. I was in um, northern New York, Connecticut for between 2002-2008. And I've been in the Czech Republic, actually, uh, for about 14-15 years. So yeah, and I've been, you know, I worked originally as I got into gym work and I've always been in athletics. So progression to be a coach on different sports. And then I got into strength and conditioning, personal training, and then more laterally after I injured my back, I got into more of the rehabilitation side of things. So okay. I guess I was called the rehabilitation specialist. Uh, we used to work with a lot of athletes, NHL athletes, um, but mainly between the season, you know, and uh, American football players, baseball players, college kids, college athletes. And we had general population as well. So we had a good mix of people when I was in the US. But yeah, a bit more recently, I've been helping more back people because of my own issues that I had previously. So that's pretty much what I've been doing uh, this last few years. And yeah. you're in the Czech Republic right now? Yes, I okay. do. Yeah, I'm here now. Yeah, for the time being. <laughs> We're getting itchy feet, so we might move somewhere. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I work. You're right, and I don't hear your accent at all. No, no, especially <laughs> when I'm talking on the, you know, publicly. Um, I tend to go back to how I used to speak in America, which is I'd announce all my words properly and slow things down. And <laughs> I wouldn't say the word we, you know, for small. I would, uh, yeah, use different words and stuff like that. So, how long were you in the US? Six years, six okay. years in total. Yeah. So, 2002 to 2008. Did you do training in the US or you just came yeah, over? Yeah. Yeah. I worked in a, um, it was an ice hockey performance center. So, they would work with the NHL guys in the off season with band college kids. So, it was all across is really big in New England, of course. But we had general pop as well. So, we had like, you know, your normal uh, Wall Street guys. You know, people working there locally, um, high school kids, uh, high school athletes as well. So we had a lot of, it was very mixed, the people you would get in the gym, you know. Okay. Really good experience. I mean, I got to work with, you know, high-level professional athletes, which was amazing, you know. And then you're working with general population as well and, you know, people are injured. So you had a really good mix of, of uh, different uh, people to learn from as well, which was nice, you know. And it's, yeah, that's why I came to the US because you actually – 
lead the way in a lot of ways and that kind of works. So I wanted to go with the, where the, where the good money was and the good training was. Okay. <laughs> so were you considered a personal strength trainer? Yes. Yeah. You could say, cause we, we had a personal training studio, but we focused on the athletes from on strength training. You know, we had to get them strong and explosive for their sport. So <clears throat> it was kind of all encompassing. So yeah, I've got far too many bits of paper and qualifications, like, you know, courses yeah. I would go on and stuff like that. <laughs> so yeah, I can't, I can't, <clears throat> I ended up calling myself like a rehabilitation specialist in the okay. end because I'd, I'd done so many different things. I was like, I'll use that as a title. <laughs> That'll <Right>. do. <laughs> you know. So had you worked with any clients with herniated disc before you had herniated your own? No, actually, no. Uh, we used to get a lot of um, knee injury, you know, um, ACL, PCL, ligament, knee injuries, okay. and generally shoulder issues, which was all mainly hockey, uh, lacrosse-based Mm-hmm. So that was mid, you know, I'd never, we didn't have anybody, I'd, yeah, nobody that had any back issues up until I had my own, actually. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> that was an eye opener, yeah. So when was your injury? It was, I was just looking at my report the other day again, because somebody asked me, it was March 2005. Yeah, because I remember the day it was still icy <laughs> and I came out and the house I was in, like there was a slope, you know, like a, when you're driving, it was a slight slope, and it was it was tarmac, right? asphalt, as you would say. And I came out, and it was I it was, a, it was like a layer of ice, so I know mm-hmm. it was like kind of still cold in the spring. And I, as I was getting in the, as I turned to get in the car, I slipped a little bit. I caught myself, but I felt this like jab in my back, and that was the first time that I felt mm-hmm. it. So that was March. Okay. Um, it wasn't that bad, you know. It was it was sore, and there was an issue, and. and Luckily, we had quite a few doctors as as clients. So okay. one guy was a neurologist, and he said, "Oh, you need to go and speak to this doctor. He's possible for special surgery in New York, but he has a practice up in uh, Old Greenwich, which was maybe ten minutes in the car from where I was, fifteen minutes." So I went to see him. He was a physiatrist who were more conservative in their care management, right? And he sent me off for the MRI. And at that stage, it was, I need to look back on my notes, but it was a bulge, you know, hadn't, okay. fully, hadn't fully herniated, right. if I remember correctly. So me being me at that stage, I didn't really take it that seriously. You know, oh, I'll be fine right. about core work because it did calm down quite quick. And then it was months later, it was August, I got my next MRI, but I think I might have damaged it in July. I was squatting and, you know, barring your shoulders, <clears throat> warm, warming up, I, I was feeling good. I went to the bottom of the lift and my it's called a, a butt wink where your butt tucks under so you go oh, into okay. flexion not not a good squat technique a poor form very poor form okay. and i just felt this immediate like pain in the back and and into my butt you know the sciatica yeah and i'm like i'm gonna rack this and i'm gonna go home and i went home and it was really bad it got really bad so when it's the again got an mri probably a week or two later i would imagine and by that stage, yeah, it was a full herniation. The pressure on the nerve was was you know much greater. They didn't actually write down the the millimeter. It's quite. I've got I've got the two reports, you know, uh-huh. and they didn't actually write it down. They just said it was you know uh, was it was got you know paracentral right blah 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 impinging on the nerve. So right. <clears throat> I I would have to guess between five and seven millimeters probably in that region. Okay, you know, for that level. So that was yeah August two thousand five yeah okay when I got I couldn't walk and stuff yeah which was not good no (laughs) did you try any kind of treatment for that first so I was kind of lucky in that 
during the, I think it was during the summer, I'd signed up for this course with a French osteopath called Dr. Guy Voyer. And his thing was actually rehabilitating the spine using a form of decompression stretches, like okay. myofascial stretches. Mm-hmm. And it, it's basically, um, they call it El Doigt in French. Uh, I can't explain the French translation or the French words, but in English it's loads. And it's the longitudinal osteoarticular decompression system, I think is what it stands okay. for. So I just started that course as I was kind of injured. So that was really helpful because he was able to treat me as well. Oh, wow. The doctor, the physiatrist, he's like, look, you know, it is quite extensive. I think he says quite extensive, you know, herniation. Um, he's very conservative. You know, we could do a shot as well if you want. And I'm like, okay, okay so the, fluor- the fluoroscopy, we, you have the live MRI, you know. And right. Go in. So I took that. And because I like seeing what's going on, so I was watching the screen. Oh. <laughs> and it was after the shot went in that it was really bad because we established that there was no space probably for the liquid to go that they inject. So it was really, really like I, it was about 10 days I was on the floor. So I got the shot and I'm on the way home and I'm like, wow, this is getting worse. This is not better. And then the next day it was worse. And you had to take off work for like 10 days, popping pills. So I was so, I I think I spoke to him on the phone and he's like, yeah, he said, it could be we hit the spot, but we've filled up the space. So there's no space for the liquid to go anywhere. And it's just, all that Putting is pushing more on the nerve. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So that was fine. But I was still doing my exercises from the uh, French guy that I'd been given as well. So, you know, you pop pills, you go back to work, of course, because you don't work, you don't get paid, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, and the course I was doing, it was, uh, we were doing one weekend a month, I think, we were doing, or two weekends a month we were doing, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I was also seeing the French guys. But I pretty much dove into the literature you know obviously i knew about core stability work of course mm-hmm. keeping moving that kind of stuff but i i didn't touch a weight for six months i pretty much just did uh, that was on the on the word of the french doctor that he said okay. look you know you want to remove as much stress as possible um you know focus on mobility stretching the tissue you know strengthen your spine like segmentally like get it very strong um, so I did a lot of core stuff in the gym, but I didn't touch a weight, a dumbbell for six months. Okay. So I wanted it, I wanted it to me to be in a good position. I was yeah. scared of messing up, you know. Right. Had anyone recommended surgery to you? Yeah. So basically I used to see a chiropractor who mm-hmm. did active release technique, which is a type of muscle tissue technique. Right. He did needling with the electric stimulation as well. He was mm-hmm. a good guy, you know. And he's like, oh, man, I can get you in next week. You know, I've got the doctor, blah, 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 surgery. And he's like, you know, super easy, microdisectomy, boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, because mm-hmm. I knew, you know, I had obviously the sciatic pain, but <clears throat> I didn't have any issues with bowel movements. I didn't have, you know, it, there was no physiological reason to get it done other than probably instant pain relief. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and of course, when you do read the literature, it's like, well, you know, most people, 80% you're going to be okay. Right. right. So, and again, another doctor, we used to have a lot of doctors, he was head of orthopedics in one of the local hospitals. He was very much like, Colin, you know, don't let anybody come at you with a scalpel, you know, like with a knife. And he was a surgeon. Right. <laughs> but, so, <laughs> but he knew himself, once you start doing stuff, because you know, there's a risk, there's a risk with any surgery. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I had the offer, but I, you know, politely declined, um, you know, for, for having for having it. So, right. Yeah. I do remember one of the most stressful things was all the different opinions <laughs> oh, coming at yeah, me. Do it. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. hard. So it's hard to it, figure out which decision is right for you. 
Exactly, exactly. And especially today when you've got 10 million websites and blogs and, and mm-hmm. YouTube channels and there's like, it's, it can be like, you know, <clears throat> paralysis by analysis, basically. Yeah. So those six months that you didn't t- touch a weight, mm-hmm. uh, how, how was that for you? I imagine you were having some, uh, <laughs> <laughs> because, some you withdrawal know, from <clears throat> I worked in the gym, right? So right. when I went back to work, like after it was 10 days, two weeks, I went back to work. And I was popping a lot of painkillers. I was popping, I think it was four Excedrin a day. So I'd do two and two, you know, mm-hmm. I'd split them up. And along with Excedrin, I was taking a leave because it's obviously a different, a different um, mode of pain relief, you right. know. But, and I did that I, almost two months because I remember I stopped the leave because I knew that from doctors. They told me, you know, after four or six weeks, you start it starts to erode your uh, esophagus like your your stomach lining and stuff and you start getting the heartburn sensation right. you know like so that, I started to get that kind of towards the end of, okay I need to stop this and I changed okay. the, I think it was Lamisil it's called mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's a different one so that was to get through the pain but that was just the physical pain but obviously the mental side you know I was going into work and you're surrounded by weights and people are, are exercising and I would <laughs> You know, luckily it was a very personable place. So we knew all the clients, like it was all, everybody knew everybody. So they were cool. Like they knew I'd been injured and I would say, hey, okay, John, I need you to get the the two 10 kilo dumbbells. And he'd go get them. Hey, what are we doing? Are we doing this? And I, you know, I would have to maybe sit, you know, and I'd be sitting on a stool. Sometimes I'd be lying on the ground when it was later in the day. Like I would actually lie kind of in McKenzie position, you know, right? Mm-hmm. tell the client to do stuff. Wow. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. they were very forgiving. I mean, I would... You know, if I was in a totally different environment, it could have been very different. But it was super frustrating. I mean, just you're watching all these people lift, and then you're just not. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, you're you're losing muscle tissue because even though you're walking and you're doing stuff, you you don't you're not stimulating your lose all those gains. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. You know, and it's the road back is just like oh, it take forever. Yeah. So that was hard mentally. It was very hard, but I I stuck to my guns, and I was like, you know, right. I'm not going to touch it until whatever it was spring of 2006, I guess it would be. Okay. And so do you remember how long it took you to start to see some pain relief sticking to your physical therapy program? Yeah. So pretty much, <clears throat> I mean, that first three weeks, like when I said, when I got the, the you know, the severe pain, I couldn't walk mm-hmm. um, 10 days on my, you know, just kind of lying, just because lying was fine. You know, sleep was luckily sleep was okay okay. I didn't move I had the pillow under my legs and stuff like that so I was lucky on that part but just when I got up to stand it was just absolute abject agony so obviously from that initial pain yes after the 10 days I had calmed down enough for me to go back with painkillers you know it was just and at that point without the painkillers it would just be a constant kind of pulsing nagging sometimes biting you know, depending on what move you did. Right. <clears throat> so I probably stopped the painkillers around about two months after, I would say. Okay. So I, I kind of took, you know, I went just to Cedra and then just one because I stopped to leave, as I said. Mm-hmm. And then for the Sarica to be gone completely, probably, well, okay, for it to be gone when I wouldn't feel it doing what I call normal things, it was probably about four months, five months. Okay. Now, when I say normal things, sometimes you, because I, you know, if I went on a long road trip, I would hire a car, like a nice car for the road trip or something. So I did a lot of road trips in the US. Depending on the car, because the seat, 
the bucket angle of the seat and stuff like that, or a plane, right. mm-hmm. you know, so I could, or I'd sit in a strange seat I've never sat in before. Sometimes you'd be like, oh, 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 I can feel my leg coming on again. And it right. would kind of be like this numb, tingling thing. But I get the car and maybe walk around for half an hour, disappear. So that probably lasted another couple of months. So to be completely Sadaka free was about eight months. If I okay. Eight to nine. It was under the year. <clears throat> but as I said, there'd be these occasions where you'd be in a strange seat, just you're angled in a funny position, and you'd be like, poof, poof, poof. Was, oh, there it is. And literally, it would kind of go to sleep, and it would be like a cold, um, it would feel cold, but it wasn't. Like, the sensation was, oh, it's my leg's cold, or, I, or it was kind of numb, you know, like mm-hmm. my calf. Yep. And then you'd get out of the car, and you'd be kind of like, your leg's dead, and you, you know, move around a few minutes. So... But yeah, it did. It did take a while for the full Saturday to go. But by that point, I was still doing. I, like at six months, I was doing exercises, mm-hmm. um, even though there was still the occasional tweak, depending on what I did. But I would right. say fully gone eight months from what memory anyway tells me. Um, okay. And are you pain free today? Yes, I may have a lot of other issues, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's the story <laughs> of my life. I carry I carry a lot of uh, injuries uh, that don't affect me. I have no pain. I've got torn okay. meniscus in my right knee. I've got torn labrum in my left shoulder, torn labrums in my hips, uh, which is cartilage. You know, it's a cartilage rim on your the top of your uh, femur and your and your uh, socket in here. I've got damaged vertebrae in my neck from landing on my head. I've got uh, what else? I've got some other. Oh, I've got no. I've got no bone on one of my right elbow. I've got bone on bone in uh, my right elbow, no cartilage. But <clears throat> when I but went, your to sciatic see, is fine. <laughs> yeah, but I have no pain from anything because I was seeing um, my. Because I've got an orthopedic here. He's he used to work in America. He used to, he used to work in the US and Colorado actually. So he speaks like fluent English. He's a very funny guy. And uh, when I was going for like my hip and stuff, you know, he's like. Because he said, look, well, yeah, when we discovered my um, my torn meniscus, he goes, that, that's a grade three. That should be operated. But how do you feel? And I was like, well, fine. I can do everything I need to do. He's like, oh, just leave it. Leave it till yeah. you're old and old, you know. <laughs> but he's funny because he's like, Colin, he said, you know, you're whatever you do, don't stop because you are your body's strong enough in all the joints that you're supporting all those injuries, which is great. Right. right. He says, you know, most people never manage to do that, right, because they take the, the – the option of surgery but they still have to do strength work after surgery right he says and i know myself usually i would say after two weeks if i do nothing and i mean like nothing like you know going on a holiday where there's no activity like snorkeling mm-hmm. or walking or hiking no my back but i will start like my hip will get a bit stiff and then my you know like there's little things start to right. creaking because so i know i'm going to always have to be doing work strength work right keep myself but yeah sadica no no low back issue no i mean don't get me okay. wrong I, I i do stress it you know i put i do various exercises which are very focused on that area with a lot of weight mm-hmm. but i just do it you know i don't go overboard and but i just do very very good technique and um yeah i don't i don't i don't worry let's put it that way that's great have yeah. you had any mri since then do you know if it's retracted or reabsorbed or anything i need to see because i had one and there was it was in Czech, it's all been in Czech language because we're looking at my hips. And I know they'd said, like, you know, you've got um, what do you call it? Like, it's obviously shrunk because obviously, mm-hmm. you know, you're older okay. now, you're almost 50. So, obviously, there's the, the disc material is gone, right? It's probably dehydrated. Okay. But I right. need to go back and ask them because the guy was really nice. He says, Look, if you want, because I said, I'd really like to get all my MRIs read 
properly myself so I can understand it better. Mm-hmm. And because I can look at basic ones and say, oh, yeah, that's a herniation. But there's other things. He goes, oh, yeah, you know, come in anytime and I'll, I'll translate it off you because he speaks perfect English, help you through it. Because I think the one that they did my hips, it did include my spine, but they didn't do the report on the spine. Right. That makes sense. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they, they were only looking at the So, but yeah, I mean, it might, I mean, it's, I, I will be honest, I did a, I lifted something. Uh, no, five years ago, four years ago, four years, yeah, I think it was four years ago, five years ago, and it was it was very very heavy lift, mm-hmm. and I literally felt my spine just go decompressed, oh, like, <laughs> and it was the next day I was like, "Do you feel something?" <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "I mean, it was it was eight hundred something pounds. It was a lot of weight. Wow! So I, I deserved to be, you know. So I was like, it wouldn't surprise me if I tweaked again, but I had no issue. Like I didn't have any sciatica or anything, but it just." I literally felt myself getting smaller when I held the weight. Right. Wow. Yes. It was this bravado and stupidity, but um, but yeah, I do. It doesn't bother me because even if it, even if the herniation was still there, which some people it, it just sits like a grisly piece, you know. Right. I have no, I have no issue with it, and that's one thing I tell people as well. Is like, you know, would you rather get rid of the pain and get better, or would you mm-hmm. rather know like why it happened, or you know where this came from, or what's happening there? like focus on the on the future don't focus on the past you know right. so right yeah i mean maybe i don't want to know <laughs> what's in there <laughs> you know but yeah so uh during your rehabilitation were there any core movements that you focused on initially yeah i mean <clears throat> me uh, initially mainly some sort of planking you know just bracing essentially okay. just a, a static plank static brace um just because there's not there's no really movement involved with that. You know, it's not like you're doing a kind of small curl up or, or like the McGill curl up or something like that. So yeah, I would do, and obviously when it came to movement, you're always moving your body around. So you have to kind of brace when you're trying to not hurt yourself. Right. So I started just with like the plank at an angle, like a push up position. I was just kind of, you know, I'd go on the back of the couch and kind of hold myself in that position um and that was the kind of start one of the starting things i used to do Mm -hmm. and the first six months yeah i see the mckenzie movements um in the book recommended a lot do you have any yeah Yeah. it's funny so like 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 anybody i I just i work with and speak to is it look i says here's the basic thing we'll start with Mm -hmm. we're going to adapt after week one because nerve glides work for some people they don't mm-hmm. work for other people. Okay. They didn't really do much. I used them. They didn't really do much for me. So I was like, oh, forget it. Some people it makes it worse. Some people it makes it better. Some people no different. Me, I did Mackenzie. So in the morning, I would, I remember, I still remember, I'd literally roll out of bed <clears throat> and I'd go into my like, you know, forearms for like two minutes okay. and didn't, didn't hurt me. Um, so I just kept, kept it up through the full kind of six months. It just became part of the routine, you know, that I would do. Um, but I do know that it can be, if somebody's got, um, what do you call it? Um, my brain's gone blank, but basically when you're, <clears throat> the vertebra, you know, pinches the other vertebra at the back of the spine, it can, it's not good for them if they've got that condition. Okay. Um, stenosis. Sorry, I'm trying to think of the right yeah. word. Yeah, if there's stenosis. But I think I do I do have mild stenosis, but it never, it doesn't affect me. But yeah, Mackenzie, yeah, used it a little bit. And I do, I do use it with clients. If it helps, it helps them. If not, I just take it out and give them something okay. else, you know. So since your injury, though, it sounds like you have maybe refocused your your own business to focus on herniated discs. Yeah. Right? So what? <clears throat> so what happened? So when I went back, so for Zyrus, you know, it gets me, gives me an injection. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, Sanica paint's really bad. And then I'm doing, obviously, I'm doing the work with the French guy, Guy Boyer. And I'm, re- I'm returning pretty quick. Like, I'm, you know, so I go back, I guess, for a three month later or a two month later, whatever it was, check up with the doctor. And he's like, wow. He's like, you're, you've been doing amazing. This is, this is crazy. Like, you know, your, your movement and da da da. So he started to send me people. He started to refer me people to come to see me. Cause I explained to him, I said, well, look, this is what I'm actually doing. And this is the sort of type of methodology. And he understood the physiology behind it, like the decompression work, et cetera. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so he was like, wow, that's amazing. I'm going to send you people. So he started to send me more people, which of course you want to help these people, right? So you want right. to expand your knowledge and you get you dig more into the literature and what works, etc. So yeah, we started to get you know people coming in uh, just to see me and work with me on the, the lower back side of things, which was really cool. Then so that was going kind to of US, but even when I came over here to Czech Republic, I was in the gym one day speaking to a regular guy, and he's oh I've had this back problem for whatever I've seen everybody you know blah 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 blah. Okay, I'm like well. Okay, I said, look, I'll give you an hour of my time. But if you if you will do what I tell you to do, see me. Did I? So I, I met him, gave him some stuff to do. His pain was like, I think it was less than two weeks. He was he felt great. So he told his neurologist who wanted to see me. Right? She said, "Who is this person?" <laughs> so <clears throat> I went to see her, and uh, she spoke good English as well. So it was, I said, "Look, this is the physiology behind it." She, yeah, it makes perfect sense, you know. And then she started to send me people as well. So for about you know a few years, I was getting all these people coming in from her, and it was it was cool because there was people <laughs> you would see them maybe twice, three times, and I'd be like, "Look, just keep doing this, this, and this, and you should be fine, right?" You know, if you need to come back, I never saw them. I think never saw them again. <laughs> so that's a good sign, you know. Yeah. Like they got better. I, I, there was one guy who would send me people because I would often I'd get a phone call and be like, "Oh yeah, you know George, blah blah blah, the the martial arts guy." And I was like, oh, yeah, something like four years ago or something. Yeah, he, he told me to come and see you at my back and stuff. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So, <clears throat> excuse me, he obviously got a good result and he's recommended me. But, yeah, so that's – I, because you can relate to people better as well. You know, you can relate to what they're going through. Right. Um, and you can understand when somebody says to them – or when they say to me, you know, my physio told me to do this, but I didn't want to do it and he's never had a – a bad back before so what does he know that's quite often a lot of what i'll get you know you want the person to be comfortable doing what you tell them to do you know right but yeah the empathy thing is very big i think with this type of injury definitely yeah one of the people i see a lot on uh, the forums are mothers who Mm. are just so sad because they can't pick up their toddler have any tips for moms looking to pick up their kids yeah so basically i just had this literally two weeks ago I had a mother breakdown. Um, mm-hmm. We are on the call, on, on, our, on our weekly call, you know. And <clears throat> it's, it's you know, she's got three three little ones. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really hard. So <clears throat> what I did, and because obviously you have to, you look at it from a logical perspective, right? And I, I look at everything from, like, biomechanics and movement. So obviously, depending on the age of the kids, right, this is the big thing. Getting down there, obviously using a split squat, you know, okay. you split the feet, like, so you kind of drop down to their level. Okay. It's, it's obviously instead of bending down. So using a split mm-hmm. squat to get down onto the floor, having your hand on either the wall or the couch beside you is really useful as a support, both to get up off the floor and get back down again in that split squat position. And then I taught her, like, when she's on the floor, like, how does she play with the kids? Like, what's the best way to do stuff? Because she ends up sitting, what did she say? It was Indian? No, she sits... 
think she said she sat on her was it Indian style or on her knees, maybe. And I said, look, you can go on all fours. Like, you know how you start the bird dog exercise? I know mm-hmm. we're on podcasts where people can't see me, but right. <laughs> you're, on, you're on all fours, right? But in that position, the, the way the gravity acts, it's acting like through your spine, not down in your spine. You can actually go on all fours. You can use one hand to like, you know, I don't know, depends on the age of the kid, but drive a car, like, you know, like right. push a dog, whatever. It's like a toy dog, not a real dog, toy right. dog. <laughs> but you've got three points of support and you can kind of, you can go forward in your hand, you can push back on your hips. So you can position yourself. The other way that she tried and was good for her, it depends on your hip flexibility, but if you sit on the floor, like you sit on your bum and you open your legs really wide and you're playing with your kid between your legs, you can keep yourself quite upright whilst playing with the child and your spine is in quite a nice neutral, almost extended position. Some techniques, so if you do Indian style and you cross your legs, then you've got your legs in front of you. So if you have to go forward, you tend to flex forward. Yeah. Whereas right. if you can open your legs wide, then you can kind of position yourself forward. And you can keep a more upright spine. Yeah, makes sense. So, yeah, it's just, it's little, and she, that really helped her. She's oh, that was, you know, I, I tried it, you know, it was much better and it felt better on my <clears throat> my body and stuff. And it, and it, and it was hugely motivating because you could actually do, I'd do a bit more with the kids. Yeah, that's great. And obviously, but obviously, depending on how old the kid is and lifting it, that's, you know, that can be a process. You've got a newborn baby and you've got the crib, obviously right. trying to help the, get the crib at a certain height or either you lift yourself up or push it, like put yourself down. You have to, sort of, it sounds stupid but look at the problem from a kind of engineering perspective like mm-hmm. how do i get into this position what have i right. what tools have i got what things could i use to to give me support because that's one of the things i talk about in my system the bash system is support is using stuff in your home to support your body as you're doing stuff and put your shoes mm-hmm. on playing with the kids walk the dog wherever it could be vacuuming you know um but yeah i know it's it's i know it's a tough one but yeah split squats and changing how you play on the ground with the kids is very useful when it comes to trying to help uh, mothers like that awesome uh you mentioned your system uh what do you want your listeners to know about your system (laughs) i mean i don't you know it's like it's it's not rocket science right so so i I called i was trying to think of what i was going to call it right so I called it the bash, bash methodology, like bash back pain, like, you know, hit it away, bash it away. And the bash B stands for bracing. The A stands for avoiding flexion before noon. I'll come on to that in a minute. S for support and H for hip hinging. And I harp on about this a lot. And I'm sure you'll probably know that you can have the best rehab program in the world with the best guy, you know, whatever. But it doesn't matter if you see them three, four, five times a week. If you don't follow through on the rest of the other 160 odd hours of the week, mm-hmm. you're not going to get the result you're looking for. So the bash, the, the bracing is about every time you go to move or lift something, you brace, you mm-hmm. tighten your core. I'll come back to A in a second. The S, the support is about using, you know, using um, a small bench to put your shoes on. It's using the couch to pull yourself up. And the H, the hip hinging, is about when you bend things and you go to pick, you hip hinge. You learn how to hip hinge, put the stress mm-hmm. on your glutes and stuff like that. Right. Because I see this in the gym. Somebody will have a perfect lift, right? They go to put the weights away. And they're, they're like bending and twisting their spine. And you're like, <laughs> it's crazy. And the avoiding flexion one is really interesting because this research was done back in the 90s on chronic pain sufferers where they just told them you're not allowed to flex your spine for the first four hours of the day. So pretty much up until lunch, for example. And they got huge pain relief and a reduction in pain intensity. 
And it was all from adjusting how they moved and avoiding friction. Now, I, I use that a lot. And I said, guys, look, it's not for the rest of your life. It's only mm-hmm. till you get over this pain hump so okay. we can do the rehab, do X, Y, and Z. Then we can we've, we have a base to strengthen from there, you know, because the spine does flex. It's meant to flex, right? Right. But when you're in that acute injury stage, we want to avoid it and keep it, you know, stress-free and avoiding things, especially first thing in the morning when, you're, when your disc is at its largest and it's more prone to issue, issue if you do flex over and hurt it again. So... I know it sounds quite simplistic, but that's where the kind of the BASH acronym came from to make itself punchy, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the program, I mean, I, I do have a program, but I'm going to change it because it's quite funny when you start work. So I work with people one-to-one and the program, it would help all of them. But the people that have come to me more recently are, are kind of in the middle of it. So it would be too easy for some people, you know, so I'm actually going to go away and change it and okay. like make it more applicable yeah yeah it's just it's just it's what happens you know you've got your own experience right and you think okay they, and, but then when the people who actually come to you from a different avenue they're at a different level and they would actually benefit more from a um like more exercises actually because they're, they're, they're kind of most of them have done some sort of rehab and they're at a stage where they've got the basics they need more direction so mm-hmm. You know the course is really helpful and it helps a lot of people, but I'm I'm going to change it <laughs> because it's just yeah you start yep. finding that people want something different, you know, yep. or not even that they want something different. It's just they they need something different, right? Well, but, and that's great that you're evolving <laughs> with the needs that you're yeah seeing. yeah of course yeah mm-hmm. you have to you have to you know, um, but yeah it's I, I try to get you know results as quick as possible mm-hmm. in that, but it, it comes down to the underpinning, you know, how you move, how you sleep, because if you don't get those basics down doesn't matter how good the program is you're not going to have you may get better but it's going to take you a lot longer to get better right right so i'm pretty hard on them (laughs) (laughs) well it's unfortunate that you had to experience the herniated disc but it's also it's great because now you're able to to reach out and help other people and made growth in your own personal career definitely Oh yeah. yeah, it's it's been it's yeah, it's really quite interesting. Like when you get when you get into the weeds, as they say, how many people this affects and how mm-hmm. badly on the brain it will affect them, like mentally. It's just mentally. Like, yeah, it is. Oof, you know, yeah. but um yeah, that's another another story yeah. for another day. <laughs> I've been telling I tell people it's a mental challenge as much <clears> as it is <throat> physical. And oh, yeah. you need to look at it as a challenge that you can overcome. Yes. Yeah. I was thinking of writing a guide because my, my wife is actually a psychologist and she's very big on... Um, oh, uh, ask her if she wants to be interviewed on my podcast. <laughs> I can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> can because she does... Uh, she's, we talk a lot about CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, and it's it's been used a lot with mindfulness, with back pain, with good results. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking of putting together a little self-help guide just for free, you know, for people yeah. to, mm-hmm. to look at because it is massive. And one of the main issues is if you break your arm or you you hurt your knee, that's that's that one piece is here, right? Or it's there, right. your leg. When you hurt your lower back, every movement you do is is a you feel it, right? You get up right. off the chair, you walk across the room, you play with your kid, you get in the car, you get out of the car. You can't hide from it. It's like for, it can be constant, twenty four seven. Like it's so that is really tough on the brain, you know. Yeah, with um, having the surgery, microdiscectomy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The fear of re-herniating just <laughs> lives in the front of, it lives in my brain and yep. it lives in a lot of people's brains. 
It does. Um, it does. I know. Did you, even though you didn't have the surgery, mm-hmm. did you still have that kind of mental struggle or fear? Yeah, I'm a weird one. Not really. <laughs> no, okay. it was weird. Like, you know, even though I've got all these injuries, like I've, I've never been fearful of doing more. Like, I don't mean I'm not fearful of injuring myself again, but I've not been fearful of my, of my body giving out basically, mm-hmm. you know, because it's almost like, okay, well, you know what to do. You know what it feels like for this to be this way. Because for mm-hmm. example, my hip, for example, it, you know, they should be operated on, but I don't, it's one of those, it takes like a six to nine month recovery. It's, it's right. like, you can go, you can hurt it again. It's like, forget it. I'll just keep it strong. But occasionally if I do some exercise at a different angle, which I know I shouldn't do, but sometimes it happens just by whatever, it will flare up and it will last maybe mm, three days, maybe a week, 10 days, depending on what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, there it is again. But I know you do this exercise, you do that stretch, you you leave it one day for full rest, it, you're back to normal. So I think the lucky thing I've got is the, the tools, you know what I mean? And the knowledge to right. be able to bring myself back if necessary. Now, that's also a curse because <laughs> recently when my hip did flare up, um, the usual protocol that I would use didn't work, oh, right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, because that's really for because you should know why is it not working. So then you start. <laughs> so I had to, what I did was I actually went into physiology books and I was looking at the actions of particular muscles in the hip, and I was like, right, okay, it does this. If I do that, that will make it tighter. So I went and created an exercise myself, which actually helped. <laughs> so it looks weird, and I'm you know whatever, but it, it actually helped my hip. So mm-hmm. yeah. It's a, it's a, you know, sometimes it's, it's good to know things. Sometimes it's, it's not good to know too much. Right? <laughs> so I came across you on YouTube. So what mm-hmm. is your YouTube channel? Yeah. So is this bash back pain? That's bash back really pain. Okay. bash back pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they search that though, it'll come up and, um, yeah. Is I mean, that it's the same for your website as well? Yes. Bashbackpain.com. Okay. Yeah. It's definitely, you know, YouTube is a medium that people, when they have an injury or issue, they go, how do yep. I do whatever, you know, yep. so it comes up a lot and, it's been, I've enjoyed it. You know, it's, it's, it's changed a lot. You know, like you, you change your, your format, you change what you present. Um, I try to get, I just be myself. I don't, I, I honestly, I don't script pretty much. I'm, I may have a few keywords that I'm going to mm-hmm. go through, but I usually speak from my brain. You know, I just speak from what I know and, you know, like different things have happened that I've experienced. So I try to come across as natural because I want to be amenable right. and natural and approachable right. but and just try to give away as much as possible because people will ask you know workouts and how do you do this and what mm-hmm. and again one of my popular I think it was reasonably popular was you go to physiotherapy and you do exercises on the floor right you do the bird dog on the floor you do plank on the floor and I said well what if you like one guess well my mom's 85 she can't get on the floor you know mm-hmm. so I went and did a series on standing core exercise oh, okay great right so it's a little thing because some physios they don't know i don't know why you have to adapt exercises for people who have an issue with their knee or their elbow etc their hips so i've put i put a lot of videos together which are adapting classic exercises that may be called to into sort of adapt them so people everybody can do them no matter if you've mm-hmm. got you know, arthritis in your hips or you can't get on the ground or you're in bed or whatever. So right. yeah, I enjoy YouTube. I like Good. it. But you also offer an online program. Is that correct? Yeah, I do this 21 day because I was trying from experience 
for most people, depending on the issue you have, and this is the same for like bruises and strains, you've got a kind of 10 to 21 day period where you can do a lot of work and you can bring somebody a lot of relief if you do everything kind of correctly. Okay. So I thought 21 days is enough to get people um, some good benefit. And in some cases, they may be pain-free. So I put together this video course, which you know they, they get, get sent to them by email. Um, they have a, a full list of what they're supposed to do. And the video, I actually do the video minute by minute. I do the exercises with them. So it's me, oh, it's great. recorded. But it's okay, we're gonna, and I do the stretches for the time. I do the repetitions for the reps. So it's like I'm working with you all the way through, basically, for three weeks. Um, but that's what I'm thinking of tweaking and changing because I mm-hmm. want to change things around a little bit on it. But yeah, no, a lot of a lot of people ask about it. A few people have been, are on it, and that's also feedback. Was yeah, I'm going to make this harder actually <laughs> because <laughs> most people are they're past the stage that you know, they, they need more, you know. So, right. But yeah, 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 it's been really helpful. So I do the course. I'll work with people as well individually as well, which is good. okay. So they don't have to come to the check to to work. No, with you. <laughs> no, it's amazing. Modern technology now. You know, I've got I've, mm-hmm. I have a video library, so I have a stretching video library, and I put the program together they get a link to their library and it's me and they can download it on their phone so they've got the exercise they can watch they've got the sheet they fill in follow we talk once a week you know feedback i've got i use a chat application so you can basically if it's something immediate here Mm -hmm. here's a quick video here's instant feedback and then i try to get them to get they don't, they don't though, but you need to push them over to go into Facebook and post in the group, you know, to okay. keep, you have that camaraderie thing yeah. going, which, which mm-hmm. can be really, really useful. Uh, but it's a work in progress. It's a, you mm-hmm. know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't start this initially with thinking that would be potentially, you know, a, a, um, you'd be helping a lot of people and you'd maybe mm-hmm. make money, at, make money at it at the same time, but mm-hmm. actually help people and do something you're, you enjoy. Right um but it's it's starting to go that way which is nice it's just totally nice yeah i mean it's nice to see people get get better you know that's great any app considerations starting your own app (laughs) yeah no i mean what's that one you probably know it's called um there's ladder that's a workout app um there's the there's the the back one but it's not it's not what you think it's more like uh, it brings more like behavior modification and more of a kind of mental health, but okay. it's, it's the, the geared it towards back, like a little back pain, oh. I think. <clears throat> but no, I've not a bit, I've not, well, I thought about it, but it's, it's, oh, it's quite extensive. It's a lot of Probably, work. Yeah. A lot of money. I think it's about 40, 50 grand for one of those. I oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure you could. Maybe YouTube's great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm not even, you know, like it's worth thousands of subscribers or something like that. Right. So it's a long, long way to go before making any right. money on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have any final uh, bits of advice or anything you'd like to say to anyone who's currently in pain? And Yeah. I mean, it's, you have to, it's very easy to get lost in the weeds with all the information on mm-hmm. the internet, uh, YouTube, etc. But you know, you want to—I would say—find somebody who's who's been there before, or find a qualified person who does have you know physiotherapy background. Stick with some process that you're doing, and and be religious with it. You know, like practice it every day, every second day, um, because that will help. And it's like I say, to people look if you choose a modality, if you choose physiotherapy, if you choose osteopathy if you choose physiotherapy and you're not feeling some relief after five or six sessions Mm -hmm. it's not for you you want to change to something else but you've got to give it enough time 
to, right. to see if you get a result from it. And there are plenty of people out there who recover. Majority of people do recover. It's just that when you go online, people go to share their bad restaurant experience, to go to complain about something. So they're right. going to go and they're going to want to share their pity because they want right. people to feel sorry for them. That's this human nature. So I would say don't, <laughs> don't search <laughs> these things. And be very conscious of how you move like that i call it spine hygiene like especially first thing in the morning take it easy for the first few hours don't flex your spine don't do any heavy lifting you know take the garbage out in the evening or get the kids to do it right give them some uh pocket money but yeah especially that first four hours of the day you try to avoid flexion if you're in that pain acute phase definitely yeah well, Colin, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. It has been a pleasure to speak with you, and you have given us so much information, a wealth of information. Uh, listeners, if you're interested, go check out Bash Back Pain on YouTube or on uh, bashbackpain.com. Is that correct? Great. That's correct. Yep. That's Great. it. Thank you very much. And if you're interested in hearing more positive stories of recovery, then be sure to subscribe to my podcast, Bed Back and Beyond. Thank you again, Colin. Thank you very much. Lovely being here.